The world as you know it has ended. But the campaign is just beginning. Join us, and we'll see just where the adventure goes. This is Durgans and Dargans. Welcome to Durgans and Dargans. I'm your dungeon master, Ben. Joining me, as always, is Matt. Hello, my name is Matt, and I'm playing Jet, the gnome fighter. Alongside Matt, we have Charles. What's up? I'm Charles, and I am playing Runel's surname, the human wizard. And Aaron. Uh, my name's Aaron. I'm uh, playing Darren Buccaneer, the Minotaur Sorcerer. We are a Dungeons & Dragons podcast for the whole family. So long as your whole family is into intense, bloody adventures. We take D&D seriously, but we're not going to teach your six-year-old any unfortunate vocabulary words. So if you've listened this far and you think we're neat, tell someone about us. Follow us on Twitter at Durgandarg, that's at D-U-R-G-N-D-A-R-G, and tweet using the hashtag DarganFamilyPodcast. That's D-A-R-G-O-N Family Podcast. It's a D... I'm sorry, that's D-A-R-G-O-N. Dargon, yeah. Dargon. That's how we're spelling it for the sake of the podcast. Yeah, Durgans and Dargons. Durgans and Dargons. Dargon. I like it. So I we're like the Dargon it. family podcast. Now, let, let me ask you something, Ben. What's Does up? the capital D matter in Dargon when I hashtag? I don't think it does. For our hashtag, it's all lowercase. And this, of course, is assuming... Yeah, you know, this is all pre-Elon Musk, right? So if if capitalization is something that he uh, inevitably brings about in his wave of change on Twitter, is that something I'm going to need to worry about? The man currently has capital to spare, so I wouldn't be too concerned. Nice. Nice. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the pun gosh. was just softballed in there. So very nicely. Uh, no, but I must ask, uh, is unfortunate vocabulary words redundant? On purpose? No, there are fortunate vocabulary words. No, no, there, no. Are, there are yeah, good vocabulary words. Fortunate vocabulary words are the ones that get you to pass the SATs. Like auto-defenestration, yeah. But is vocabulary words redundant? No, it's like a math number. <laughs> it's like a math number. All right. <laughs> yeah, I only use math numbers when I math. No, that's a lie. Sometimes I use letters when I math. Well, yeah, yeah, once you get to algebra. Yeah, and then eventually, if you get smart enough, you don't even use your own language as letters. You're like, hey, what are them Greek guys up to? And then you get into programming, and then you learn unfortunate vocabulary words. Yeah. Thanks. Usually in the comments from the coder before you. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. All Thanks right. to my career, I feel so exposed by this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Can someone give me a brief recap of what has happened so far? I will do my best. Um, so we woke up in prison, uh, and we were apparently political prisoners of a, uh, family in charge of a kingdom who has not been doing so great. Uh, in prison, we were able to bust out thanks to the help of some guy with a beautiful accent. Um, we joined his rebellion. Um, uh, we were in the process of a pretty big, um, attempt at uh, overthrowing the government in the style of, in my mind, the Les Miserables revolts, um, when our universe got deleted, unfortunately, it happens, um, we were able to jump onto the ship of the uh, alleged universe deleters, and we pushed a big red button that seems to have taken us to their universe, I would guess. Um, but we are somewhere else. Uh, Runel's wearing some flame-retardant yellow coveralls, and uh, he's pulling them off, I want to say. Um, and yeah, that's where we are. Did I miss anything important? Aside from the fact that your ship crashed into a gigantic brick wall on the far side mm. of what seemed to be... Eh. See, I forgot about sorts. it, and I was also hoping you had forgotten about it. So was the entrance at the other end of the universe? The entrance was somewhere on your world in your universe. Mm. Um, it was on your aspect of it in the prime material plane. It was on a secluded island in the middle of nowhere. Wait, prime material plane? 
as opposed to the divisible material plane. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was, you know, th- there are several prime material planes. There's, you know, 7, 13, 23, you know how it is. Um, anyway... You feel strange, lightheaded, and yet somehow the opposite of dizzy. For some strange reason, you feel whole and strong despite a near-death experience. Your HP is fully restored, your spell slots are back, and you have leveled up to level 4. With a strange clarity, this new world slides into focus. The scene around you is chaos. Creatures of many races in bright yellow coveralls are running towards you, shouting, Some seem concerned for you, and others are clearly upset at the wreck of the airship that you are in the midst of. Behind them, a squad of what you can only conclude are half-giants are clomping steadily towards you with grim expressions on their faces and heavy clubs in their hands, giving off faint traces of sparks. They do not seem friendly. Ahead of you, behind all of these people, you see a long, white corridor with many pillars on the sides. It is large enough to fit several of the airships that you uh, rode through on, but it seems to be empty for now. But as you watch, an airship comes zooming out of it and lands in a large cleared-off space to the left of this corridor. The ceiling seems to be of the room that you're in, that's not the corridor itself, seems to be covered in some sort of green lichen. One wall to the left of you is made out of black stone, one wall to the right seems made out of gray stone, and there are, off to your left, a rather small passageway made of dark black stone, and off to your right, a large passageway made out of, like, a sandstone kind of thing. As you take all of this in, you are now faced with the decision of what do you do? And there's still just brick behind us, correct? There's still, there's a there's gigantic brick wall. Several hundred feet high. So we're we're in the ship, and there's a window. We can see the people coming. The, the ship is shattered around you. You are you are in the wreckage of the ship, basically just standing on the floor amidst this wreckage. You are being approached by people who seem to be workmen of varying races. Uh, you see some half orcs. You see some elves. You see some humans. A few dwarves, and behind them are these large half-giants that are heading towards you. Are they blocking any particular of the exits? Like, were they coming from one direction? They are not. Your ship crashed into a wall behind all of these people, but they are now turned around and are heading towards you. So our only options are left or right, so to speak. You could fight, you could talk, you could run. I can imagine what my character would be doing, but I want to, I want to ask you guys. As you are standing there wondering what to do, one of the people in yellow gets within shouting distance of you and says, Oi, why'd you, why'd you take the safety limiters off your ship? You know how much that's going to cost you and cost us and... Oh, my! Who are they? Did you bring back sentience? And at that, the half-giants break into a trot and start really coming at you. I think there's too many of these these to handle. We gotta we gotta get out of here. I can let's run. All right, so there is a large hall off to the right with a few people milling about, and there's a narrow ha- hall off to the left that doesn't seem to have many people in it at all. Left? Yeah, so small small space. I can fit in small spaces. Runal? Yep, left it is. Let's go. All right, you go booking at it. Please make an athletics check because these people are going to be starting to chase you. Grand. And I, I, and I am small, so I do not have bonuses to this. Ooh, wow! I, I j- glad I took that feat, and I did it level four. You said athletics, correct? Yes, athletics. Runo is jogging along. He's got a fourteen. What do the rest of you have? Uh, I'm gonna let Jet go. Uh, I rolled a fourteen, but that that my bonuses give me like, make that a twenty-two. Wow! Uh, no, I just got a twenty-one. So, they only rolled a 13, so you guys narrowly squeak away from them. Uh, Runel, you are kind of bringing up the rear a little bit here, but you are able to make it around a corner in the passageway, and they are they're still kind of coming behind you, but they can't directly see you now. You are now faced with another choice of which way to go. There is another dark, narrow stone hallway with some stairs leading down. 
and there is a, another sandstone hall going off to the side, and you can hear some some voices and some uh, shouting coming from that direction. It sounds like there's some kind of uh, bartering or market down that way. Where do you go? Well, whatever we do end up going, um, I'm going to s- like let uh, Runel pass by. So I'll be okay. in the rear, and I'm gonna just drop Earth Tremor when they get to the corner to like kind of bust up the the passage. Uh, you can you can drop it whenever you want, and they're they're still gonna, it's gonna slow them down. I'll do it before they get there, so I don't actively hurt them. If there's a market down there, the two of us could could hide, but Darren, I don't think you're gonna be able to hide in plain sight. Oh, I should have kept invisibility. Ah uh, well, small hallway. Is that towards the market? No, it's away from it. Unless you think we can hide in there somewhere somehow. Um. Runo, what do you what does he all say? We don't have time. I like I like the hallway. Hallway it is. Go. All right, down the dark narrow stone hallway. I cast Earth Tremor at level one and just wreck up the 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 intersection so it's now rough terrain. So do me a favor, everyone, make uh, another athletics check. These guys chasing you are gonna make an athletics check with disadvantage as they are now encountering rough terrain. Nat twenty. So that's plus two. So. No, wait, athletics? Yeah. So that's 24. I got a 9. 14. Yeah, boy. So you guys are really lucky they were rolling with disadvantage because one was a 19. But the one we're going with is the one. So you keep getting further and further ahead of them. Uh, You guys travel down these stairs, the the narrow dark stone hall. There are a few turns left and right, but no no intersections. You eventually come down to a three-way intersection. And there is one that's still the dark stone, and there's another stairway leading up. There is a rough-hewn rock passageway that shows no signs of having been walked down going off to your right. And to the left, there's like this spiral slope. It's basically a slide, and every once in a while, someone goes sliding quickly by... But you can hop on and slide down if you want. Absolutely, we're sliding. 100%. All right. That's not even a question. I mean, you give me a slide, I'm going to slide. Yeah, we're talking futuristic space tubes. Like, this this could be, like, shooting us down like uh, like a mail chute, like, at, with, like, compressed air and stuff and going super fast. Yeah, I'm picturing that episode of uh, Avatar when they go down the... <laughs> Big slot, the big like big slide. The yeah. mail shoot, yeah, 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 yeah. With King Boomy. How can I? <laughs> Jet is gonna be like, Darren, you go first, and then as soon as you get in, I'm gonna like jump in your lap like a kid, like a kid oh, on dear. their parents' lap. <laughs> well, all right then. I don't know how da- uh, Darren might not appreciate that, but okay. <laughs> I did exactly that with my son at the park today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Runel, you're also going down the slide. Absolutely. Excellent. Okay. Uh, please roll a d20, all of you. Oh, dear. Boy. Wait, wait, wait. If I'm holding him, do I have to roll? You all have to roll. Okay. That'd be a natural 20. Oh. 13. Uh, 5. I'm kind of mad that I wasted my nat 20 on a slide, but... I know, right? Especially when you hear what I'm gonna say. Before the slide happens, I'm just gonna say to the gnome, aren't you a grown gnome? What, what are you doing on my lap? Don't you have my child inside? Woohoo! So here's the deal. That was a fun roll. Darren, you don't have as much fun, and the reason for that is because Jet sat painfully down on top of you. Runel, you have the time of your <laughs> life. You are just ecstatic. Like Jet claims to have an inner child, you are throwing your hands and you're like, ah, this is I actually awesome! cast Prestidigitation to just like burst uh, puffs of wind behind me to make me go even faster. You you go even faster. You are having so much fun. This is just you've forgotten that you are in imminent danger. You <laughs> you just have a great great time. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so it's it's funny. You pass a lot of like little like ledges where you could like kind of have gotten yourself off but you don't know how these slides work you end up at the very bottom of the slide and it spits you out on a really really busy hallway it's tall it's broad and it looks like it's another kind of market you see um like doors going off to the side, left and right. You see signs for taverns. You see signs for cobblers. You see signs for um, 
gosh, any almost almost any shop you can think of. There's uh, an apothecary. There's uh, a Fletcher who makes arrows. There's several blacksmiths, um, and there is just the sound of a large crowd of people. And you are tossed in an unceremonial heap uh, at the edge of this slide. And uh, a couple people kind of like glance over at you being like, all right, you know, first time on the slide sort of thing. Uh, and then they just ignore you. Runel's going to take off his coveralls. And wear what? Well, I still have my other clothes. They're cover. Yeah, they're, it's, they're, they're co- big enough to go over the robes. By definition, oh, okay. coveralls should go over everything else. I honestly don't remember what coveralls are. So, okay. Just imagine something yeah. that covers all your other clothes. Okay. Cover all. Coveralls. They cover all. My, my thinking is that if these guys are the ones in charge, then I maybe don't want to look like them in a crowd. I feel like it might be easier to lose us in a crowd of people if we're not wearing their uniform. Yep, that adds up. So, you are in the middle of this crowd. You pick yourselves up, dust yourselves off. Uh, You see in front of you a long hallway. It goes off for several hundred yards uh and there's there's so much hanging there's banners in the air there's signs there's lanterns you can't quite see all of what goes on past it um it seems almost festive but you don't think there's any kind of festival going off um you see uh, a few booths someone is selling toasted nuts uh someone is selling what looks like uh, some kind of fish dish um and you see a um a large pillar with a bright blue and white light on top of it. I think we should try and get away from the base of this slide as soon as possible. Um, if they if they realize that we went down the slide, um, they're going to know that this is where we would end up, right? And I also think um, I'm going to try and look a lot less happy because they're going to look for the happiest person because clearly whoever just went down the slide is going to look like they just had the time of their life, right? Um, you guys feel that too, right? I'm glaring at him with hate-filled eyes of like, yes, the time of my life. I just kind of whisper, whispered to, to Runo and nudged it, it towards Darren and I say, yeah, that's what my dad looked like when we went on a slide like that. So so let's try and get to the other side of this crowd. So we just shuffle into the crowd. Yeah. All right, you shuffle into the crowd uh, and you start just kind of going along. You're lightly jostled here and there. Oh, does Darren stand out compared to the other people are there? What do they look like? Do they? Yeah, um, is this a is this a minotaur inclusive zone? There are people of almost every race you can imagine. You see a gaggle of gnomes all dressed similarly in one area. Uh, there are half orcs. There are elves. There are half elves. There are several dwarves. Uh, there are several humans. Uh, you even see some lizard folk. You see, uh, you don't see any minotaurs, but no one's giving you a second look. Like minotaurs are like, yeah, whatever. I kind of, I kind of glare over at the half orcs that we see and nudge the the party away from them. Runel does not like orcs whatsoever. Yeah, they don't even notice. There any, uh, you know, like what are these people dressed in roughly? Like futuristic type stuff, like. Robes? Uh, no, they're they're dressed in fairly normal clothes, like somewhere robes, somewhere tunics, uh, somewhere you know pants and shirts, pants and vests. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's fairly like there's a lot of different fashions established, many different like colors of material, many different materials, some things you don't even recognize. It's all over the place. You see someone clearly dressed in like this tunic made of peacock feathers. You see people in uh, leather armor. You see people in suede and velour. You see people in linen. Okay. All right, folks. We're where are, we, where are we gonna hide out? I thought I saw a sign for a tavern over there or something, but I think we just gotta get someplace where he won't be found. Oh, it's just a blacksmith or a tavern. The tavern seems like the best bet. All right, uh, you guys see several signs for taverns. You see one just off to your right that has a foaming mug sign in front of it. You see one further down uh, that has a picture of a bottle of wine, and one further down that has a picture of both probably in competition with them. I like the mug. I was going to say why. Then, we'll, then we go to the one with both. There we go. And we start heading down the hallway. It's, you know, a few hundred yards down the hallway ahead of you. As you are approaching it, you see off to your right, there is this tall uh, tall pillar 
with a blue and white light on top of it and the word information written on it. In common? In common. Wait, it's a it's just a it's like an information pillar? Yeah, you see you see the pillar and about halfway down there is a um a blue orb that is just kind of sitting on a little platform about halfway down the pillar and a little cubby in it. All right, here's my thinking. This kind of public service is almost definitely run by the local government, who we are trying to avoid. So let's not go reveal ourselves to the, uh, the popo. I mean... Jet, I know you want to hit that button, don't you? I mean, kind of. I mean, we, we're just... We, look at these things in our amulets we got. We just pretend we're bureaucrats. Right, but I... Oh, did we keep those? Of course. Yeah, you are all wearing your amulets of minor bureaucracy. Okay, good, because I know I had it on, but I was like, wait a minute, do we still have that? I just don't think we should be talking to the Parks and Rec Department of the government that we're trying to run from. How far away is this tower from the tavern? 30 feet down the passageway further is the tavern. Okay, is it like in a big... If it's in a big public exposed space... I'll say, yeah, let's, maybe we'll, we'll hang low and we'll get down a bit. All right. Let's see what we can overhear in the, uh, in the tavern. Uh, so you head into the tavern. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Uh, you head into the tavern. It is crowded. Uh, there's uh, a great number of dwarves in here, uh, but it doesn't seem like it's just a purely dwarven tavern. There's uh, a big bugbear behind the bar who is uh, dishing out uh, some food and drinks. You see some lizard folk, a gaggle of high elves over in a corner that are gathered around um, a bottle of wine or two. And you head into this bar. What do you do? I go up to the lizard folk and I straight up just ask. Um, they are sitting around a table playing cards. Uh, I ask them, uh, what is the drink? What is the best drink in this uh, establishment? Uh, one of them looks over to you and says, yeah, yeah, who's asking? Who's asking? A thirsty patron. And we all thirsty. Here's about this. You buy me a drink, and I'll tell you which one to buy, and maybe you'll like it too. How's about that? I could get behind that. All right. So I think you want to buy a purple slider. Yeah, you order one of those, and you're going to be good. Splendid. I'll be back with a drink. Uh, uh, sorry. I'll be back with two. Your stereotypical Italian mafia lizard folk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, forget about it. Gabagool. Anyway. Shout out to James Gandolfini for his role as Lizard Man. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Yeah, what are you talking about? I came back to life to play this role. All right, Jet and Runel, what are you doing? Jet's going up to the bar and, hey, what, you got some uh, apple cider, something like that? I'll take one of those. All right, uh, the bugbear looks over at you, Jet, and he says, all right then, one cider coming up. That'll be four couple pieces. Yeah, all right. And he looks over at you, Darren, and says, oh, purple slider. Two, please. Did, did Nyaki send you over for that? Yes. Keep an eye on him. He um, gives Darren his drink and pours something from three different bottles into a glass and swirls it around and pours it out into a couple fancy-looking glasses, and he hands it to you guys. Uh, hands it to you. Uh, Runel, what are you doing? Uh, Runel is going to kind of whisper because he doesn't want the other two to hear. He's just going to lean into the bartender and go, Apple Uh The bartender looks over and goes, Oh, all right. And he he pours some things from different bottles and hands you a, a green-looking drink in a, in a silly-looking glass. I like it. So, Jet, you and Runel are sitting at the bar at this point. Uh, Darren, you head back over to Nyaki, and he says, Yeah, hey, thanks, man. Let me know what you think of that. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, appreciate that. Do you like uh, do you like uh, playing a little game here? Do you like playing games of chance? You know, dice, cards, that sort of thing. How about I observe around and see if I can catch the rules? Because I don't think I've played this one before. All right, it's yeah, it's a pretty simple. Now nah, we're gonna do we're gonna do a simple one. We're gonna do a simple one. We're just gonna play high card wins. How about that? You know, we just all draw a card, and the highest card walks off with all the money. How's about that? All right, I'll play one game. All right, the buy-in is two silver pieces. All right, two silver it is. All right, all right, all right. Make a perception check, please. Oh, this is obviously the go-around. 
Um, let's see what my perception is. Uh, I think it's a negative one, honestly. Yeah, negative one. So that's an 18. Okay. Uh, you definitely see him, like, shuffle the cards in a very particular way. And, uh, and he, you, you can tell he's about to try to cheat at this game. Um, where's he shuffling them? Like, is he shuffling directly in front of me or is he shuffling under the table? He's shuffling directly in front of you. Did Jet see this going on and walk over just to watch? Uh, Jet, no, you're over at the bar. You're facing in a different direction. All right. Can you convince him to switch cards with you? Oh, actually, um... Uh, I have a real interesting trick at shuffling cards. Can I show you? Yeah, no, no. How about the next round? I'll, I'll shuffle this round, and you, you shuffle next round. Yeah. Are they? So they're they're being are they being shuffled out to us right now? They're yeah, they're about to be dealt out. You know what? Yeah, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be like, all right, let's let's roll with it this round. I'll put in my two silver pieces and roll with it this round. Okay, you put in your two silver pieces, and do me a favor, uh, roll a d20. Uh huh. Okay. It's a 16. All right, you all flip over your cards, and you have the high card. And Yaki looks confused. Like, for a second there, he looks a little like, huh? Hmm? And you end up There's something bewildering, sir. Yeah, no, beginner's luck, beginner's luck. Well done, young man. Well done, young man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, please add another four silver pieces to your inventory. Um, and they seem like just kind of generic silver pieces. Like, they're, they're like, varying, like, shapes inside, but they're all, like, silver pieces. Like, it seems like it's from different lands, but they're all equal. Money spends valuable. the same. Yeah. So, yeah, he says, yeah, you want to, you want to, you want to play another round? I'll wager you, I'll wager you. And he, uh, he looks at you real quick, and he kind of looks you up and down a little bit and goes, huh, I'll wager you some information. How's about that? Because I, I want to say you're not from around here, are you? I want to say, what do you get if you win then? Look here, if, if I win, you're going to come with my buddies and me here. We're going to have a chat with a couple friends of mine. I can live with that. If you win, I'll tell you something that you probably really, really want to know. Ah, oh, that might be interesting if you can actually uh, read my mind as such. And so at this point, uh, Jet, you and Runel have kind of observed what's going on here. And you've, you you can't quite overhear what's going on, but you can see that Darren is kind of getting into the thick of it over at the card table. I'm going to make my way over there. Like, kind of nonchalant, not like in a direct way, but just kind of meander over that way. Not to associate okay. myself with him yet, but just okay. to get to a better eavesdropping position. Okay. Um. Jet's just gonna gonna walk up and be uh, stand next to him, but of course he's three feet tall, so they couldn't probably do it. He's like, he's not even looking up the t- the top of the table. Uh, he, I mean, he sees he sees Jet. He looks over at him and goes, "Yeah, is this one with you too?" You got a problem with that? No, 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 not yet. Anyway, let's do a little something, something here. Let's uh, let's just roll some dice. Let's just roll some dice on this one. Here, I got this funny tw- these twenty sided dice. Ridiculous. So how about you and I just do a little roll in here, and we'll see who gets the higher roll. Sure, why not? For, do we just step from our universe into the metaverse? Because this is getting one hundred percent. You ain't you ain't seen nothing yet. Anyway, okay, you know he's going to cheat. You don't need a um, you don't need a insight roll to see that he's going to definitely try to cheat you on this. Is there anything you're going to try to do about that? See if you can swap dices with him. Am I still the only one playing, actually? You're still the only one playing. It's you and it's you and Nyaki at this point. I'm going to cast message, stare him dead in the eye, and just say, I know. All right. Uh, he looks at you a little weirded out, and he hands you one die, and he keeps the other. His eyes go just a little wide, and you both roll. Uh, is there a set of dice in the Dungeoner's pack? We can say there is. We can say you have dice. I'm going to be like, I'm going to pull out my own. How about that? Ah, yeah. Yeah, how do I know your dice ain't loaded? You can't say the same for yours, then. Okay, okay, okay. How's about this? How's about this? I take one of your dice, and you take one of my dice, and you you pick. All right? And I'll roll a d20 and a d6, and you roll a d20 and a d6, and we'll see which one ends up higher. I'll take the one you're holding, then. All right. Okay. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. All right. So here we go. Roll your dice. It's a 13 for the d20 and a 5 for the d6. All right, son. 
Alright, son, you beat me fair and square. I got a 13 total, a 7 and a... No, 7 and 4 is 11. God, I'm bad at math. I should have stayed in school. Ah, is your information going to be that useful What am I doing with then? my life? Well, let me tell you, it's going to be real information. going to be good information. Alright. Look, I ain't going to turn you into the hoppers. Alright? But I know you ain't supposed to be here. Here's what's going to happen. You are going to go over to the table in the far corner opposite the door. There's a man over there, you know? Long hair, dark cloak, long sword. You're gonna introduce yourself and you're gonna say, hey, I heard you was looking for workers. And I think, I'm gonna be honest with you, man, I think I might just saved your skin. All right, and maybe that's worth something, maybe that's not, but uh, we'll see. I may ask you a favor later, just in exchange for that, but uh, but you won the dice, so I'll let you have it. Insight check. Uh, okay, roll inside. Hmm, he is very funny looking, because that's a seven. With a seven, you think he's telling the truth? Yeah, that checks out. All right, what do we do? Well, cheapskate, sorry. Uh, Nyaki, I'll, uh, I'll buy you a drink next time I see you. All right, I'll take you up on that. Thanks for playing fair. Well, uh, well, boys, what do you think we should do? Let's, let's get, uh, let's, I, I got up from the table and stepped away from them. Like, let's uh, sit back at the bar. Do you think his words are actually trustworthy? I mean, he seemed pretty legit. All right. I think we should take his words with a grain of salt, but just prepare for them to perhaps be true, but perhaps not. I wouldn't put too much weight in it, but at least it's some information that we didn't have before on this one universe i don't even know where we are that is true i was going to take it with a kilogram of salt but uh if you guys think it might be reasonable then let's head to the back of the bar then please think of your arteries (laughs) (laughs) um remind me remind me again of the rules on ritual casting you need time for it that's the rule all right i can cast unseen servant as a ritual, and I you can think, you've done it before. Well, no, I know I, I know and that's that's not the part I think. That's the part I know. I think <laughs> I should say I think if I cast unseen servant as a ritual, I can have my uh, our old pal Pudgy come along and assist my dice rolling. Who's Pudgy? My unseen servant. We've never met him. Didn't we? Yes, you have. Well, we oh, you have. absolutely met. Pudgy. I would not have come up with Pudgy. Pudgy on the helped spot. you paint City Hall, the City Hall that you escaped off the we top of it. We weren't together when we painted City Hall. Yes, you were at the end of it on the on the fourth wall. I remember oh, this. Okay, yeah. Yeah, seriously, we're breaking some fourth wall here. Uh, you, yeah, Pudgy wow. was helping you all paint the fourth wall. You've met Pudgy, just never seen him. Mm, there it Fair is. Fair enough. Ah, oh, man. Oh, Rudolph just Wait. suddenly gets real bad, real sad, thinking about Mark. And he, his deletion of existence. Anyway, I think we can get more information out of this guy. How about I go play him, and Pudgy helps me with my dice rolls. He can reach over onto the table and make sure that I always roll pretty high, and no one can see him. Fair enough. I mean, I can, I can help. I can help with you that. I'm real good, real sneaky. I have, I have advantage on my sleight so- of hand checks. What's the goal here? What are we trying to accomplish? That's a good question. I just want more information from this guy. About where we are? Does, would, would he have... Yeah, it's something... Like, we literally know nothing. We can't assume anything about the rules of physics, time, space. We don't know anything. That's fair. And that's a great assumption. I, uh... I gotta say, I love the fact that we are already planning on how to cheat at the dice game, and none of you has thought to, I don't know, ask a question? Well, this seems like the easiest way to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You guys are so deep into Dungeons & Dragons that you think you have to roll dice for everything, even in-game. Uh, I was just gonna go sit by the corner and wait for this dude for work, but you know, okay. Hang on, well, well hang on, in our, in our defense... 
Darren asked him what what drink to buy, and then he said, "Will you buy me a drink first, or play a dice game, and then I'll tell you." So like, we weren't gonna get a straight answer. We did beat him in the game multiple times, even though he was cheating. So I think he. Yeah, we don't know what happened with that too, because he seemed pretty surprised that you beat him. That is true. Yeah, maybe we just tried talking to the guy first. Yeah, see what kind of jobs we can get. There are several other people in the Stabber. We don't have to go to the one shady Mafia member. I mean, that's what I did, because Mafia members have a lot of information. Who, uh, what else, who else we got in here? DM? Bartender. You look around, and you see there are, uh, there's a collection of dwarves, several tables full of dwarves, and, uh, one of them just straight up has his shirt off, uh, super, super buff, uh, super, super hairy chest, uh, he's got, like, a golden head of hair, golden beard, (laughs) and he's, like, uh, you know, trying to talk to this guy and, like, demonstrate a wrestling move or something like that. You see that there's the high elves over in, uh one of the corners, and then they're just kind of like sitting there and joking softly to themselves. And then in the other corner, you see someone with like long dark hair and a dark hood, uh, nursing a tall stein of beer, and uh, just kind of sitting in the corner watching everything going on. Okay, well, Runel would probably want to go talk to the high elves. If those are if those okay. are his options, that's Runel's going to go talk okay. to the high elves. I'm kind of, I'm going back to the bar, but I'm eyeing the, that corner table that uh, the lizard folk, uh, uh, Cheapskate, was looking at. What is the name of the, we saw that there was like a company name that was deleting the universes. Uh, that was Zachary Farsker Contractors. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. All right. You go over to the high elves and they just kind of, they kind of look over at you as you approach and uh, one of them says, mm. Hello there. Can we help you? Yes, I, I think you might actually be able to help me. I, um, I'm a student, you see, a uh, graduate student, um, political sciences, and it, it's not often I uh, frequent establishments such as these, and uh, I noticed uh, you, you fine-looking people seem to, uh, to be a slightly will say caliber above the rest uh, in terms of your ability to hold intelligent discourse shall we say and that's honestly all I'm looking for it's just a break from the the drivel of academia just just some good-hearted conversation about about the happenings in our world uh, could, could I buy you all a drink look I'm going to be honest with you uh I don't have time for brain fungus eaters. I don't have money for brain fungus eaters. And I really don't have time for the mentally infirm. So I'm just going to have to ask you you to leave. I hear you, friend. I just, um, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the news. And I just thought you might have uh, some thoughts on it. That's all. But it, but if you if you are, are willing to be ignorant of what's going on in our world right now, then uh, I, I guess I'll be on my way. And he's, he turns to walk. And he says, okay, toodaloo. And he just turns his back on you and goes back to his friends. I bluffed in that work. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Darren, what are you doing? I, I said I was I was going to the bar, but I, eyeing that table. Okay, so you're at the bar. But I was I was eyeing that corner, the, the table in the corner that uh, Cheapskate was talking okay. about. One of the times when you look over in the corner, the guy is looking dead back at you. I wink at him with my dashing hat. <laughs> Uh, roll charisma, please. Yeah. With advantage. Yeah. <laughs> One of the rolls was a three, but the other roll was a dirty 20. Okay. Uh, he looks a little taken aback, but he, he kind of like, gives you a little bit of a smile. Gives you a little nod. Cool. Okay, Jet, what are you doing? He's going to he's gonna follow Darren, Darren to the bar, and he's going to uh, call over the, the bugbear bartender. Hello. How's it going? All right. Uh, you want another side, uh? Oh, good. It's real good stuff, by the way. Real great craftsmanship. Where's that from? You wouldn't believe it, right? It's made here local in the junction, but the apples from the gnome universe. Wouldn't you believe it? No way. Whoa. So they hit, they hit quite, quite nice to home. Good, good to hear. Real good stuff. Yeah. You, you wouldn't know it from the food that normally comes from there, but... Mm. 
The apples, I don't know how they ruin their food, but their apples are great. Nice, nice. They do some really good work out there. Speaking of work, you see, you see that guy in the corner? You know anything about him looking for work? I don't know, how long has he been sitting there? Just, uh, you know, just he's curious. Oh, yeah, Roderick. Yeah, he's, he's in here every once in a while. He's looking for, uh, folks. He's got... I'm not sure what business he's in. Uh, I just know it pays pretty well. Not a whole ton of people take him up on it, though. He says it's pretty dangerous. Well, yeah, dangerous my middle name, you know. Oh, yeah? I don't even know your first name, but at least I know your middle one. Yeah, you can call you can call me Rocket. Rocket yeah. Danger. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Rocket Danger. Man, I got two out of three. All right, Rocket Danger. Here's your cider. That'll be three copper pieces. No problem. I just sl- I, di- I just I um reach out to meet his hand and just slap a gold piece in it, his hand and say, "Much appreciated. Have a good one." Oh man. Quick question, because I just realized. Well, you have a good one then. What? I just dr- I drank the purple stuff. Was it any good? Um, it was really like sweet and fruity. Oh. Um, okay. Well, then I have to ask, how was my apple teeny? Oh. <laughs> Your apple teeny was like, eh, it was, it was like an apple teeny, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell our listeners what an apple teeny is like. You either know or you don't know, but it was a pretty standard apple teeny. From the gnome universe? I don't know. You didn't ask about that. Just the cider was. Well, the, the apples that made the cider were. I go back to the bar and I'm just like, uh, I'll have a port. All right, and so he uh, says, all right, that'll be uh, seven silver pieces. Or, uh, sorry, seven copper pieces. All right. I don't know where my head is today. I give him I give him the appropriate money and just enjoy my and beverage. And he hands you a glass of port. Jettle uh, talked to say to Darren, hey, you mind sending, uh, sending a message or, or you said you could do something like that to uh, Runo and say, I think I think we're good to go talk to that shady guy. I think he's got, got to bring us in some nice good money. All right. And yes, I have... I can do it, and I've done it to you before. Uh, so yeah, I'll... Is that gonna burn a spell slot? Because you could just wave to me, and I'll it's probably... It's a cantrip. Oh, okay, then you have to do it. I just, just gently... Runel, I think we're going to, uh, investigate that, uh, that man in the corner. If you wish to continue talking with, uh, those... Whatever they are, feel free, uh, to continue, but, uh, we'll be... We'll be talking with this one in the back. Absolutely not, these guys are jerks. Let's go. Fair enough. Alright, you guys head over to the table in the corner drinks in hand and you as you approach uh this man looks up looks you guys up and down with keen eyes his eyes narrow just a little bit and he says hello you seem like you might be in uh look of work my name is roderick roderick stockenberg let's have a chat sit down please i like the idea of that it might might be something we're interested in I'm going to take a wild stab and say that you're not from around here. Oh, what tipped it off? Well, your fashion is mm, a little on the dull side. And you don't have, uh, let's say, a particular amulet about you. You have an amulet. I'm very curious as to where you got that. But there's a particular amulet that I don't see on you. And the fact that you don't have it is an indication that you are from somewhere else. So let me ask you, where are you from? It's mm, a very, very good question. It's it worth to you? I suppose if you answer me with some information, I will give you a great deal more of it than I suspect you have. To be quite accurate, technically, we don't have a home anymore because we're from nowhere. Everyone is from somewhere, my friend. So what universe are you from? Do you even know? Yes, but uh, it doesn't exist, so we're from nowhere. Oh. Are you from the boring universe? I'm, I'm sorry, uh, DLL-404? Was that ours? I don't remember. Yeah, that was. I don't remember. Uh, I'm not to say. Well now, that makes this very interesting. I suspect that uh, you want to come with me. I'll explain more... Once we get there, I have an employer. He is a, an academic of sorts. And he does research into the universe and the universe says that we interact with. And I think he would be absolutely thrilled to interact with some people from universe DLL-404. And 
I suspect that he could put you to work and provide you with proof that you belong here in a way that won't get you in trouble with the authorities. How does that sound? I'm intrigued. You too? Uh, referring to Darren and Runa? For sure, for sure. I heard that there might be some some danger involved in this work. Oh, yes. Uh, when he puts you to work, there will be a great deal of danger involved, but I'm looking at you now, and I think I see potential to not only survive that danger, but thrive in a world of it. What do you think? I think we can handle ourselves. I suspect you can. From the way you seem to hold yourselves, you seem to be comfortable with violence. And from the way you interacted with Nyaki over there, you seem to have a bit of a head on your shoulders. We'll talk more about this later, but if you like, follow me, and I will take you to my employer. Alright, he gets up and starts going. Do you go with him? Yeah, I'm asking these boys. Yeah, let's follow. Our cat's out of the bag, so... Alright, he leads you out of the tavern and into the hallway that is leading off the tavern. He goes off to the left, and not a long way down, he turns off into a little alleyway to the right. It is dark and poorly lit. It is made out of the same stone that the other way was, but you only see a few beggars here and there. He turns off that alleyway into another alleyway, and this one has nobody in it, and your footsteps echo in the stone walls and the stone ceiling. You come to think that in this whole time, in all these alleys and passageways that you've been in, you've never seen a window, never something that led out into the outside. No sunlight, no sky. He leads you down yet another alleyway, this one made out of crudely hewn stone that seems like it might be granite. And after that, he heads you down yet another alleyway, this one broad and wide and covered with moss on every side. And then he makes a left, and this is a paved stone passageway, uh, fairly brightly lit with torches, but you don't see anyone in it, though you do see footprints on the floor. As he leads you down this passageway, eventually you come to a place where up ahead you see uh, you see two large people that you vaguely identify as wood elves, but they also seem way like beefier than you imagine wood elves to be. As you see them in the distance, Roderick turns to you and says, Now, this is a strange part of the junction, though, as you'll learn, that's a bit redundant. You must be very careful not to raise your voice above a whisper in these corridors, no matter how loud anyone talks to you. Any volume here is a sign of dominance, and if you challenge the rock elves who live here with any volume, they may attack you. Stay with me, they know me and they know that I'm no trouble. This is the back way to get to my employer's grounds. But we must get through this territory unharmed. So whisper, follow me, and you'll be alright. And he walks towards these two beefy rock elves. I just turn around to them and I'm like, I'll use message if there's something super important we must discuss. But I say we just keep quiet and walk in a straight line. All right, you guys walk up to them and the guards immediately yell at you, Oi, there! Who are you? Nobody. It's just me, Roderick. Me and some of my friends are simply trying to get through. They're no trouble. As you see, they know very well who's the boss around here. And they, they look over to you and go, Oh, so you're nobody, are you, Minotaur? Who are you two? Pointing to Jet and Runel. Runel just bows and just whispers, Runel's name. I am... And, he's, and Jet says this with a struggle to... Try and bow to somebody else. Nothing. In a stage whisper. We accept. Please. If you are with Roderick, you may pass. Um, and they, they stand to the side and let you go. As you pass through this passage, you see that it, it kind of opens up into kind of like a, a large room. And there are different... Um, kind of stone structures within the room and you hear some yelling and you hear some fighting but Roderick leads you past all of that you see more of these rock elves uh, these big beefy wood elf types um, and they by and large are not making a whole ton of noise but the people that are making a ton of noise are not being challenged by anyone else 
except maybe in a corner you hear two people shouting at each other before it comes to blows. You go through this large room, you arrive at another somewhat smaller passageway that loops around sharply to the left, and then it opens into an absolutely massive rectangular room. This room is big enough to house a small mountain in, all made of obsidian stone, and it has a series of buildings in it. Uh, And you can see them all lit up with magical lights, red and blue and green. But most of the buildings are in the middle of the room or towards the far end. On your side, there's a lot of empty space, but there's a giant black square stone the size of a building right towards the end that you're in. You see that there are a few windows, there are a few lights, and there's a doorway with a lantern outside of it staged towards you. Roderick looks at you and says, follow my footsteps exactly. There are some traps here. And he starts walking along what almost seems like walking on a tightrope through what seems to be a large open space. How far is the, the, the gap? Between you and the building, there's about 50 yards but he's walking along what seems to be a very narrow pathway. Uh, I'm going to let the others go first. I'll go first. All right. Uh, So do me a favor. Make a dexterity or an acrobatics check with advantage because you're following Roderick. 21. Nice. All right. You pass by. Jet and Darren, you guys, please also, your fault. You've seen two people do it now. Please roll with advantage. Okay. Uh, I'll let Jet go first. (laughs) Well, that was a three and a four total. All right, Jet, you stumble off to the side, and all of a sudden, uh, you jerk up, and you take four points of lightning damage as you step on what seemed to be bare floor, but all of a sudden shocks you with a bit of lightning. Ow. Roderick turns around and says, Be careful. Enough of that can kill you. Trying. All right, Jet, make another dexterity roll. Yeah, boy. Just dexterity or acrobatics? Acrobatics, yes. Okay, that's better. 11? Uh, you make it across. Uh, you make one more little stumble, taking two more points of lightning damage, but you make it to the far side. Darren, what are we doing? Here we go. No, Darren, you're going. Roll. With advantage? With advantage. That's 22. All right, you make it across just fine. Even with my hulking hooves. Roderick goes up to the door, uh, and there is a um, golden panel next to the door, and he lifts up one of several amulets that he's wearing around his neck to the golden panel, and the door swings open noiselessly. You walk in, he shuts the door behind you, locks it very thoroughly, and then leads you down a dark stone hallway into a large room. In that room, it is all lit with what seems to be some kind of daylight, but you see to be uh, magical lanterns hanging all around the room. And in the room is an old man, a seemingly impossibly old man. You don't know what race he is. Uh, He is just ancient. He has slightly pointed ears. He has wrinkled, wrinkled skin. And he looks at you and says... Hello there, and welcome to my research laboratory. My name is Professor Absentine. I I know that you have come with Roderick, so you must be looking for work. Let me explain a bit about the work, but first tell me who you are and where you are from. Jet's going to look to Runo because he's like, he's academic. Um, hello. And uh, Runo will bow. Uh, we are... Uh, I guess you could say travelers. Um, I'm actually in academics myself, and it it, it is very refreshing to meet uh, another man uh, devoted life to study, such as myself. Ah, yes. Travelers, travelers from where? At this point, Roderick speaks up and says, As far as I can tell, they are from universe DLL-404. And at this, Absentine picks up and goes, Ah, well, some folks from the boring universe. They uh, they didn't listen to me. I told them they shouldn't remove it. No, no, no. Every universe has its value. No, no. They're going to... 
What, make divine condominiums out of it? Mm. Define boring universe. Ah, well, I'll, I'll help explain in a bit. Uh, but first, given that you are now without a universe and that there will be people on the hunt for you, you'd better blend in with everyone else. I think I have somewhere around here. And he goes and rummages through some drawers and he, uh, from three different drawers, pulls three different amulets and he looks over at Darren and says, mm, I suppose you could be from the barbarian universe. Here, wear this. And he looks over at Jet and says, mm, uh, the, they might not believe you're from the gnome universe, but that may be why you moved to the junction. And so he gives you an amulet and says, wear this. And Runel, he says, hmm, ah, yes. I think uh, they might believe that you are from, hmm, shall we say, the casino universe. Cast out for card counting, no doubt. Here, wear this. And he gives you an amulet. Um, and he says, now... I am, as I said, a professor, and I am a part of the University of Collective Knowledge. You saw the other buildings in this room, but I am the professor devoted to the study of the universes themselves. Our university has been around for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, and I am its, its oldest professor. And I am looking to always gather my knowledge. Now... On the the side, in order to fund my research, because the university is stingy with their money, uh, I am the editor-in-chief of the Extra Pages Publishing Emporium, the Epi, uh, which publishes one of the most popular magical tomes in the junction, the Handbook of the Observable Multiverse, or Tom. <laughs> and on the other, other side, I, uh... Hmm. Well, I haven't gone too far with it, but I have been exploring new universes for new economic and political growth for the junction. Now, let me tell you, it is going to be dangerous. You will go places you've never gone before. You will go places no one has ever gone before. But I will pay you well. I will supply you with magical equipment and I will keep you safe. From the various bureaucracies that want you to disappear. How does that sound? Uh, so you're saying we're going to uh, a new frontier? Something like that. You had a question, young man? Yes, you uh, You said you keep records on the... You called it the epi? Uh, yes, yes, I do. And you write these records down? Oh, absolutely. And, and you wouldn't use a quill for that, right? You would definitely use an... EpiPen? Yes, absolutely. Just make All sure. of the Epi records are kept by pen. Oh my gosh. No further questions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he says, Now, look, I will assign you your first mission in a bit, but first I'll get you settled. I have a few beds and cots here and a few spare rooms that I could set up for you. Uh, but first here, take this. This is uh, the latest edition of Tom, uh, the Handbook of the Observable Multiverse. And uh, I will let you settle in, get, get acquainted with your new surroundings and your new lives, and then we'll get to work. And he uh, says, all right, run along now, run along now. And he, he hands you each uh, a copy of a uh, book that uh, those of you with magic can tell is clearly magical. Roderick leads you off to a suite of rooms. You each get your own room. And there's like a little common area in the center. And he says, uh, that's the professor. Welcome to your new lives. I'm afraid I must go. I've got to get some shut-eye myself before my own next mission. Uh, I would suggest flipping through the tom a little bit and uh, getting to know some things. And then I'll see you in the morning. Uh, I turn to the back of the book immediately to see the back cover to see if uh, it, it reads anything. Uh, there is no writing on the back cover. It just says T-H-O-M along the spine. Okay. There is nothing about being in any state of distress or refusal to be okay. therein. Just <laughs> But you do crack it open and you hear a friendly sounding voice say, Index! The Junction! Bureaucria! The Red Tape Universe. Bloombergia, the Garden Universe. 
Bordenaria, the boring universe. Buratonin, the dueling universe. Combatia, the war universe. Drungun, the Dungeons and Dragons universe. <laughs> Floridia, the old universe. Gingalia, the gnome universe. Hote Katoria, the fashion universe. Humnoria, the comedy universe. Melodian K, the singing universe. Mount Power Boom, the Pantheon universe. Obscurian, the Fog universe. Rulin Dunnage, the Casino universe. Rubella, the Gemstone universe. Salvagian Moss, the Junk universe. Shoplex, the Wholesale universe. Shushulia, the Library universe. Vendoria, the Food Cart universe. And Rothfuss, the Barbarian universe. You flip the page where it says, Introduction! Hello! And welcome to the Handbook of the Observable Multiverse. By and large, there are two types of universes. There are the spacious universes with planets, stars, asteroids, and the like. And then there are the plane universes that exist as single flat surfaces that extend indefinitely, so far as we can tell. We don't know how many universes there are, and only a relative few have been contacted, explored, and connected socially and politically. But we do know that, in one spot, in each universe, there is a large white building with gleaming pillars and a single hallway inside of it. These we call the entrances. And if a traveler walks down the hallway of an entrance far enough, he finds himself in the junction. You can find out more about the Junction in the handbook entry titled The Junction. Warnings! The universe is unthinkably vast. Some universes are very wild and some are very civilized. However, most are very dangerous in their own way. Encouragements! All universes are worth seeing at least once and new exploration is going on regularly. The Junction! The Junction is the only universe that does not fit into the categories of a spacious universe or a plain universe. The only way to describe it is that it is an infinite, infinite universe. It goes up and up and up and down and down and down and out and out and out. No one knows where it ends. It is a twisted amalgam of rooms and hallways, some made of metal, some made of stone. There are massive rooms and grand passages, and there are little cubbies and minute crawlways. And scattered throughout it are many entrances, many plain white hallways that seem ordinary enough, but if you walk down them just far enough, you are transported to another universe. The Junction is the only universe that is connected to any other universe, and it is connected to all the other universes. Some have been explored and their people contacted. Some of these have even established trade and government in the junction. No one knows who first discovered their own junction hallway, but whoever it was arrived at the junction, continued to explore other universes, and began the process of building it up into what it is now, the center of culture, bureaucracy, and trade for the entire multiverse. In it you can find nearly anything in existence available for trade from the sky diamonds of the gemstone universe to the rare herbs of the garden universe to the best possible tacos in existence from the food cart universe. It is a wonderful conglomeration of ideas, races, cultures, technologies, magics, and of course, various agencies, businesses, unions, and organized crime syndicates. Really, it's a good time. Warnings! The organized crime in the junction has various zones of control, and within their individual zones, you ought to treat them as the ruling authority with respect to their individual laws and customs. If you are in the Hazaroth Mafia zone, for instance, you ought to blink no more than once per minute unless you want to engage in combat with any of the orc population in that zone, or are offering a piggyback ride to any of their halfling or gnome population. The governmental ministries and bureaus in the junction are too numerous to mention, and all of them possess an inordinate amount of influence and control over the junction itself, and sometimes the various universes that connect to it. 
Nearly all of them are permitted to use deadly force in order to enforce the laws in their various jurisdictions, and contact with any junction bureaucrat ought to be limited or avoided if at all possible. Special care should be taken to avoid the Food, Eatable, and Taste Administration, or FETA, the Fashion Police, and of course the IRS. You can never escape them. Only a few dozen of the passages leading from the junction have been explored. The main reason for this is that, once going through a passage to an unexplored universe, the odds of returning are very slim. Most researchers have concluded that the conditions beyond those passages, from whose born no traveler returns, are simply too deadly for anyone to survive. Some few philosophers and cult leaders have postulated that those universes are simply too full of happiness and pleasure for anyone to want to return and have built up a following of sending their initiates through those wormholes after having left all their worldly possessions with those leaders. Joining one of these cults is not advised. Best of The best food and drink in the junction is such a point of fierce debate that you should not even mention the topic unless you wish to engage in deadly combat. The worst food can be found in the Gnome District at the Embassy from the Gnome Universe. The best gossip in the junction can be found in the Wayward Tavern, 20 levels up from the Rothfuss Passage. The best shopping in the junction can be found in Carpel's Tunnel, a massive tube that extends for nearly 10 miles with a seemingly infinite amount of shops and businesses. If it is something you can imagine, from a planet to a chocolate, it can probably be purchased here for an exorbitant price. And that, my friends, is where we are going to end episode six and the real beginning of where this campaign is going to go. Carpels tunnels. Yeah, <laughs> I have not even oh, begun. Good to lord. <laughs> anyway, wow. folks. All right, I will edit in the credits later. Uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Durgans and Dargans podcast. Thanks for listening all the way through to this, for sticking through the crazy twists and turns. Here we go. The following tracks were used with the permission of a free license through Incompetech Film Music. All music was composed by Kevin MacLeod. Here are the titles in order of appearance. Second Coming, No Percussion. Second Coming, Instrumental. Voltaic. Thief in the Night, Zigzag. Veins. Thinking Music. Life of Riley. And Attack of the Mole Men. Thanks, Kevin MacLeod. Your stuff is really good.